Okay, we are LA County, the team in the Valley. If anyone knows who that is or what that is, I'm here with Phoenix Ha. She is the she's the founder of Ad Beacon, and I'm not even going to try to explain what that does because she'll do a much better, more eloquent version of that. But uh, Phoenix and I got introduced by Jordan Menard. He is the he's over at he runs Motif Digital, and uh, yeah, I'm super grateful that he did that. So. I'm really excited to learn about Phoenix, her story, and everything that she's done and how she started everything here on Ad Creative. And again, presented to you by Pencil, your favorite creative AI company. So Phoenix, thank you for joining us. And I would love to hear a little bit about Ad Beacon and how you came up with the idea for the business. Yeah, and thanks for having me. I'm always like, if Chase says, hey, let's hang out on a pod, I'm there. Easy. So it's going to work out. And shout out to Jordan Minority, he's a good guy. Yeah. Being the right people. But yeah. Yeah. Ad Beacon's crazy. Like, honestly, to be completely transparent with you, it was a need that I had or in the space specifically because I started as a media buyer and I didn't see a solution for what I needed and my team. And at the time, I was the director of paid media for an agency and all the tools that were available just didn't suit the needs for higher productivity, accuracy, et cetera, and UI UX. So in that process, met with some really smart people and decided to build their own. And mind you, like everything with my selfish needs, right? I always say that, but my needs are probably going to be aligned with a lot of media buyers' needs as well. And it has completely blossomed to what it is today, which I'm really pumped about. But yeah, that's how it all started. It was a problem, a need, build the need, and now everybody wants to find with that. Yeah, that's great. So just for everyone who doesn't know what AdBeacon is, it's an attribution attribution software. And I know that's on the tip of a lot of people's tongues these days. I would love, like Phoenix, before we dive into everything else, what do you think is the key differentiator between you and some of the other players that have been in the space just before you and have had a bit of market share? Like, why should people be using AdBeacon? Yeah, other than the fact that it's a female founder, fine. It's more so... For me, I needed a very clear UI UX immediately. I was really upset that every single time I went into a platform, it was me learning the platform before me actually doing work or my team doing work. Took that out. UI UX is seamless. You get in there within five minutes. I guarantee you're familiar with the tools because they look familiar. Number two is we have a hard stance. We only do click data. So we report on click data. There is no view data, no view attribution whatsoever. It's kind of a hard stance because... A lot of media buyers are like, what are you talking about? You're insane if you don't consider view. And I never said I don't consider view. I just don't make decisions off of view. And why is because I can show you a full customer journey via tangible click from start yeah. to finish and feel confident. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's great. the price. Yeah. Yeah. yeah We're that's even great. agile in this phase of our life right now. So it's been cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a really important part of that. Keeping that core ethos in your company is such a such an important one. So we talked about a need and you how you thought about that. I would love to go just a little bit back. I think almost every marketer has a really interesting journey towards marketing. Like every marketer that I know that I respect didn't start it as a marketer. They just oh, I fell into this thing and I have an obsessive personality and good things happen when you mix something that's interesting and serendipitous with obsession and rigor. And so I would love to, I'd love to know about what led you to marketing. Cause I, yeah, I understand the move from media buyer to creating something for media buyers, but I'm curious what led to media buyer. Cause that's not, you don't study media buying in school ever. No, I don't think I've actually shared this story publicly. So I'll just give it to Penn. 
or powered by pencils. So yeah. Actually, I was a model first. I think most people knew that. And my whole life was more on, on the, I was a fit model at first. And then I did print work and runway. I learned a lot about supply chain. I learned about the business of it since I was about seven or eight. So doing my own invoicing, learned all of that in terms of business, mm-hmm. but was still hungry and wanted to learn more. And I never thought in a million years I'd go into marketing. I remember doing like this little exercise where it was like, come up with your own brand. And I hated it. I hated every minute of it. And I remember telling myself, I'll never be in marketing. But then as I grew up and all of my friends and family became doctors, it was also expected of me to be a doctor. So I was in pre-med, the chef pet program at CSUN. My brothers and sister, my brother and sister are both doctors. My mom owned practices like that was next for me. And as much as I love medicine, I was not engaged. I just didn't love it in terms of study. I think the idea was cool, but I had too much of an obsessive personality like you were speaking to that was just so disinterested. So I was failing all my classes. I wasn't doing anything right. I felt stupid. I later found out I have AD, which I think a lot of us have. But in that process, I learned to just try something different. And in that whole transformation, I went home. I lived with my parents, which I hadn't lived with since I was 17. I think I was like 22 and I came home and I started doing this internship at a creative agency and I learned about, wow, there's like experiential marketing, there's PR, all these things. Super fun because I worked with Nike, I worked with Coach, ASOS, all of the above, but still didn't see my direct correlation to sales for my efforts. It was like disappointing, right? You put all this effort in just for clout and I just didn't feel that, didn't really resonate with me. And then... I came home, started my own business, and I don't know if anyone knows about the shooting that happened at Borderline, but it actually completely rocked my world. I left two hours before the shooting happened. Twelve people, unfortunately, passed away, and our business was actually built in Borderline, that bar, because we were using the kitchen for it was like macronutrient meals or whatever. And all of that went down the drain because it was an active crime scene, so we couldn't use that stuff. And then the next day or two days, the Thomas fires happened. So a lot of our clients lost their homes. So it was just like a, literally an apocalypse. And you're just like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. So I shut down and I started to do marketing a little bit with small businesses. I was like, okay, this is cool. And I still needed to make money. So I was Google searching and I looked into paid social. And keep in mind, like I had no idea what paid social was. And this is right when the pandemic happened. And when I learned about paid social, I was entry level, just started learning and I got super crazy obsessed. I like something clicked in me and I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. And just dove right in, learned about the data side, already had the creative side because that's where my background is. And then was able to merge the two and picked up traction really quickly, outworked a lot of people. And then iOS 14.5 happened, right? So I think we're where we are now and everything's picked up traction where like I was able to speak out about iOS 14, what yeah. people are doing, A-B testing, trying to find a solution, et cetera, and, and have been graced and thankful to be able to meet people like you and speak yeah. at events. But it really came down to how hard you have to work to get through the really shitty times, especially iOS mm-hmm. 14.5, but the previous times were way shittier. So to me, this was nothing. Yeah. And I think it was just a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Again, I said circuitous path you take 
when you look back, like, oh, it all adds up. Yeah. But while it's happening, you're like, what, what am I doing? What am I doing? So I guess jumping from being a media buyer to being a CEO of a company and leading strategy, vision, building for not just building for organizations, because being in B2B is a little bit different than D2C where it's not one to, it's still one to many, but it's not as many. So you're really focused on how do I sell into these people? And then also layering on top of that, being a female founder of, of color, what has it been like and like, how have you framed up in your mind, taking that next step of leading and essentially being the face of an organization that is trying to be disruptive in a space where, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's a boys club. Like, What have been, first of all, what's the experience been like? And then what have you framed up in your mind in terms of strategies for you to both stay sane, but also to cut through that have been successful for you? Yeah, that's a multi-layered question. I love this. I'll speak to the female side first, and then I'll speak to all the other layers. Being a female in the space has been really interesting. I've always been a tomboy. I like I love hanging out with dudes, so it wasn't really a big problem. But yeah. I did see the huge kind of like subset, right? Like these, there's two women for every 100 men, and it's very strange. I find it to be cool because. I'm the one in the space, but at the same time, I want more. There are so many more incredible women in the space that oh, should yeah. be pushing their way forward. I think things are changing, right? For example, yourself, there's certain people in the space that really lift women up. But I think what we have to consider it in terms of reality is this space is very competitive. This space has very intense personalities. This space also has addictive personalities. And if you don't align with that, then you're probably going to be pushed one way or another. And luckily, I've been brought up by a really incredibly strong woman of color as well, my mother. And her mindset was instilled in me where it's don't get distracted. Who cares? You will be you and do what you need to do. And all this other stuff is noise. Listen to your gut. So for me, being a female in the space, it's fine. I'm happy to speak up. I'm not quiet. If I don't like something. And then it trickles into, as a founder, right? You know, how I feel in the space. The first question I always get is, Phoenix, you're insane. Why are you trying to compete against the big people? Like, why are you even in this space? This is going to be an uphill battle for you. You guys are nobody. I'm like, we're nobody, but you're talking to me and you've heard of us. So clearly we're doing something right. I think you're inherent and competitive. And also the way I look at it is, I know in my gut something is right. And I'm sure it's the same way for each. It's just, if something's right, I'm going to push forward until somebody understands why I believe this. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's super, super interesting. We don't, I think you're like having a strong mother. I think that framework of like, just focus, this is something is really lost today. And everyone who you, whoever it is, whatever space they're in, who you admire generally has that angle to their work which is focus and above all don't lose sight of the goal and so just listening to that i feel i don't know i want to double click and just say how amazing it is to hear that from somebody because regular people tell you all the hacks they do all the strategies that they do the way they think about it and saying just focus is the biggest thing is really what do they always say just make the thing and focus really is yeah the thing so yeah i've really I really love that. So next question, 
you have no background in product. You have no background in SaaS sales. You have no background in, I don't know, running this type of business. Doesn't mean shit. That's you just learn. And if you're obsessive, you will figure it out. What do you yeah. think either you were ill prepared for and or the next double question again, some of the skills that you brought into building this that you didn't know would be valuable have been valuable to you? Yeah, that's a good question. I come from a dance background and one of my favorite coaches who ever told me or whoever trained, she told me, always come in with high hopes and no expectations. And that's how I've been taking everything. When you have these set expectations, I know this is like a tough one, right? Because you have to set expectations, you have to set goals. But yeah. I don't believe in that. I think that there are standards that I set for myself. Mm -hmm. I fully know I'm going to exceed those standards. Mm -hmm. However, I'm not going to expect anything because if I expect something and it doesn't happen, my whole world crumbles. How many founders yep. do you know, or I would say business owners, everything is flying by a shred every month, right? Depending on how much capital they're bringing in and yep. cash flow. And for me, it's a little bit different. I like to look at it a little bit differently. So first of all, I have no experience, like you're saying. However, sure. I know I'm going to figure it out and I know I'm going to align myself yeah. with the right people. I think one of my strengths is finding the right relationships and being able to sniff out bullshit pretty quickly. All right, let me, okay, best, if you're not going to, if you're going to take anything from this podcast, it's like a testimonial about my mom or a testament to my mom, okay? She came here when she was 16 during the Vietnam War. She flew in and her plane got shot down. She has two brothers. So they all got separated, right? Oh. She takes this plane, it gets shot down and she goes to an island sitting there by herself. She's 16. A U.S. naval ship comes by, picks up my mom, she goes and she becomes a refugee at Camp Pendleton. My mom had a little piece of gold that she hid. And she looked at this family that she was traveling with and said, if you tell them that I'm a part of your family and you get sponsored out, you can have this gold and you'll never hear from me again. Because she knew as an independent female, she'd probably be sold into human trafficking. She knew that something was going to happen. And my mom has seen atrocities that I, like, we still uncover them now and I'm almost 30. Like, they're buried down deep. And she comes out of that. She's homeless. She doesn't speak English. She speaks Vietnamese and Cantonese and Mandarin. And gorgeous, right? So she knew what her strengths were. She knew that she could charm. And she knew that she had moral boundaries. So we're fine. But in that process, she snuck her way into UCSD. She got an education. She met with the right men that were powerful in the space. So doctors and lawyers. She became a referral system with new money coming in from China and Vietnam. She created a referral system and built up a business. She became a millionaire before the age of 30. She sponsored her entire family back. She found her brothers, one in Canada and one in Pennsylvania, brought them back, built a business for them, provided housing for them, provided all this. So I sit here and I go, it is not enough to be less than that. Yeah. Mentality. Right. So I'm not saying don't set high standards for yourself. I just say don't have expectations because anything can change and it's a testament to my life of what's sure. happened. However, make sure those standards are high enough and make sure you always overachieve. And I think that's the mentality I have with other people and who I align with too. Have you gone through stuff? Do you understand what it's like to lose? Do you also know what it feels like to win? Can you appreciate that? 
Yeah. I think, so first of all, your mom is a legend and I resonate very highly with these stories. We've talked about this stuff offline, but I really want to thank you for sharing that. She seems like such an incredible, special woman and you're very lucky. I'm grateful for her because it means that I get to know you. I think one thing you just said that was really powerful is don't set expectations for the world, but have expectations for yourself. So these, there's the dichotomy there that's really important to understand. And I think you laid it out really nicely, which is I know what I'm going to provide to the world because it's what I know. I, it's the floor I have set for myself, but I'm going to take the rest of it as it comes. Because if I have a glass jaw boxing reference, I won't be able to take the punches necessary to pivot and make this business into a meaningful one. There's not a single business as meaningful that hasn't had some level of setbacks, whether it's in the early days, the middle days, or the late late stage days, right? Again, the standard conversation. Steve Jobs starts, Apple gets fired, it goes down the tubes, he comes back after having a couple success with Pixar, but not with Next, and great comeback story. I think the when I see great entrepreneurs, it's that ability to say, I have strong opinions, but they're absolutely loosely held. I don't really care if I'm right. Yes. I just want to yes. win. And I don't care if a janitor tells me, I don't care if someone on a plane to, we're talking about China, so like to China tells me the answer, whoever tells me the answer, I'm going to be the one to action it. And I own the business. So who really gives a shit where it comes from? And so I can see that from your mom is just that story. You almost, when you go through that, you have to learn how to take life as it comes and just pull leverage where you can. And so I'd be curious because I'm thinking about leverage. I've been thinking about leverage a lot in general and businesses that have it, businesses that don't, and when you need to lean into that kind of stuff. What's been your view on that? Because when you start from zero, it's really about getting zero to one and getting that initial kind of few feet, get the rocket the few feet off the ground so then it can get moving into to the moon as as the bit bitcoin bros used to say in the old days late 2020 late 2022 how do you feel about leverage what is the way what's the heuristic you use to say okay this pro this product release will have leverage this kind of event that i'm going to go to have leverage or it doesn't but it still feels like something i need to do because maybe there's a long tail leverage versus the short term one like how do you think about that as a as a ceo trying to build something like really meaningful yeah, let's, okay, let's take it a couple steps back. I think it also is your mentality and how you invest your time, right? Mm-hmm. So first of all, I get made fun of all the time in space, but like I will Irish goodbye so fast, pretty quickly, not out of disrespect, yeah, not out of disrespect, but out of actual respect for the conversation. If I know that I'm not bringing value to this conversation or that this isn't a value conversation both ways, I exit. It doesn't mean that I need to get something out of you. It's not a transactional type of conversation. It's just a respect for time because I'm here for a purpose. I think someone took something great. When you go to events, you're there for a purpose, achieve that purpose. I have a very weird story because I came in as a nobody. I'm still a nobody coming up and everyone's like, who is this? So I have the benefit of not knowing anybody and just being there and listening and watching and being able to make chess moves without anyone knowing. Super cool. But I also am not afraid to say bye. I'm also not afraid to voice let you say my opinion. But I think something you mentioned earlier is how I look at 
I'll give you my background a little bit and then how I look at business now and being able to pull levers. But when I worked as an intern and when I worked at that creative agency too, I was in the same spaces as the head of marketing for Nike and for some of these huge companies. And I sat there craving mentorship and got nothing. Realizing that they were just figuring it out. Everyone's figuring it out from the small to the large. Sometimes the smaller businesses had their shit together way more than the bigger businesses. And the bigger businesses just have more red tape, right? So with thinking about that, I go, okay, it's all about who you know, because most of the people who got to where they are just there because they knew somebody. So I'm like, okay, I need to know the right people and I need to align myself with the right people. So that was the first lever I pulled when I came into the space is who I align myself with is just as important as who I am as of right now. So I made sure that the people I was connected to were, had efficacy, had validity in the space, were good people that I would have a beer with at the end of the day but also were successful and like truly successful and were completely transparent about where they were. Right? That was the first step. Then the second step was getting in the right rooms and making it known that I'm present and I'm there and I'm here to talk. That was one thing. So that's how I navigate the space. Now, when it comes to the product, it's something a little bit different where I get presented the product. I presented the product to begin with. I said, this is the design that I really want. This is what I need. And then you have a responsibility yourself that goes, we can make this better. And then you actually have to have faced the conversation. Everyone's always going to fight you. because Nobody wants to work hard. Right. Some people do. Yeah. Not everybody. So then everyone goes, we can't do that. Phoenix. I'm like, yes, we can. Tell me four reasons why we can't. And I'll tell you five reasons why we can't. That's my mentality. And then if it really doesn't make sense, then fine. So I think what you said beautifully before is just being able to surround yourself with people that challenge you. I think you talked to me about this a while back offline where your partner challenges you and you fight all day, but in the end, you're good. And you guys have the same goal in mind. I made sure that the people around me weren't afraid to tell me I was crazy, weren't afraid yeah. to tell me I was wrong. And then we would fight about it and then walk away. Yeah. So because of that and because of that community, we were, ever, we were able to pull levers and create a product in a crazy amount of time that's yeah. competitive in the space. Yeah. That if we just sat on our laurels and said we're good as is, then we would never be where we are right now and where we're yeah. going. And now yeah. we have that agility like I was talking about. Yeah. So people talk about relationships with people a lot and aligning yourself with the right people. And I think it can sound very calculated and not you just on a macro level. It can sound calculated. Yeah, just in general, yeah. But it, everything is calculated, right? Everything in everyone's life. At a certain point, you're calculating, okay, if I go to this place, I'm going to spend this amount of time there and I'm supposed to do this and this block will get messed up. How does it shift my schedule generally? And if you're doing something like you are, you have to be really, you have to have a deep understanding of what every unit of time delivers for you. And if it's, I'm going to chill on Saturday for the entire day, that's great because it recharges your battery so that you can hit Monday in a really meaningful way. You have that, you have that mental capacity back. I still think, and maybe it's because you surround yourself with a lot of people who are into the same thing. And so you get myopic about this. So you and I are both surrounded by a lot of people who are very obsessed with networking, working together, partnering, and sharing, right? This is just day to day. I don't really think that it's like that. And ever, 
share. But what actually it is, it's that 1%, 99% thing that we have, that we talk about a lot in this country with finances is actually the group that you're with is actually the 1% of people who love networking, working with people, sharing, building things together. And the rest of the world is afraid of that. And so the way you spoke about it, you said, look, I knew that this is what I needed to do to get where I needed to go. Like the things that have spun off of that have been like multiples more amazing than I could have expected. And it's because you gave openly, right? In those situations, I wouldn't come in saying, I need you to give me this thing more. I know that this situation can help me in my goals, but even more on a macro level than on a micro level of just purely ad beacon. I can learn, I can find new people. They're going to show me the way I have this idea, but maybe they'll make me see it differently. So I'm going to even just drill it down. So forget men for a second, because I think there's enough information out there for men on how to do things. Being a woman okay. in any type of business is difficult. I don't want to sit here and pull punches. There are different expectations and it isn't fair. Okay. I'll be the first person to call it out and say, I tried it. I do my best to help, but it's just table stakes harder to be a woman in business than it is to be a man. Table stakes. If table stakes, it's harder. You have to have a, you have a certain personality and every person I know, every woman I know in the space has a very similar personality in terms of they don't get rattled. So, because dudes are dudes, yeah. especially in this space, especially dudes are really dudes. And so I guess what I'm, yeah. my long winded way of getting to the question of if you are a woman listening to this podcast right now and you want to do something in business or you're in a business, but you want to become more vocal or you want to have a better connection and a better group of people around you that help you facilitate your personal growth. It doesn't have to be something that's monetarily driven, just, hey, they're going to expand my horizon so I can feel more confident in the way that I approach my business, whether I work for somebody or work for myself. What would be two or three things that you would share with them that are non-negotiables in terms of how to handle this stuff? Oh, sounds good. So I'm going to give you a different perspective than I think most people. And I hope it's valuable to the listeners here. Number one thing I cringe at the most with interactions, because you have to understand when you're a minority, right? A female and other females in the space, the first thing you want to do is pull them up because you're like, come on, let's go. Let's do this together. But it's hard to get on board with the right ones, right? Same with men. You have to get on board with the right ones and align with you. And the reason why is not because of they probably have incredible value to bring. Probably a lot to say, probably way smarter than I am, but it's your delivery and it's your disingenuous nature. So my first thing is have to be you because I am the first person and so are the people in the space to sniff out when you're not being you. It's the common misconception that a woman in a space surrounded by men should be like this. No, you should be you. And if you're ready to play, you'll be respected. So that's my first that's, yeah, True that's a bar. That's a bar. hundred percent. Huge. I, I think the only reason why I've been blessed with the position that I've been blessed with is because I refuse to be anyone but myself. The person I am talking to you one-on-one -on -one without the camera on is the same person you're going to see at the bar. It's the same person you're going to see in a professional setting. That's just always how it's going to be. My first piece of advice. Number two is never forget, always forgive right? People will show you who they are very easily when they listen. That doesn't mean that you need to harbor resentment 
offense, unless they're offensive, unless they step over the line that applies to life, never forget, always forgive. That is a big thing that I hold. There's a reason for that because, for example, if you do something to me and I express to you that I don't appreciate that, we're good. But if you don't change your actions, you best believe I haven't forgotten, but I did forgive you and we're not doing business now. I'm in a different position now. Yeah. Okay. And I think, yeah. And the last one is stay focused and take the noise out. Who cares? What you do and the value of your work will always far exceed Mm. any numeric anything of you being a minority the majority whatever it may be like if you bring great work and bring value to the table every time you speak or do work trust me we will see it yeah there are men in the space it's highly saturated with men that i see and i go holy shit that person is killing it might have 15 followers on twitter but you know that they bring value and they have authority in the space i think it also comes down to this too is you never know who you're talking to. You will never know who you're talking to. Absolutely. So when you're networking, when you're networking, if you're going to treat the janitor different than you're going to treat the CEO of whatever company, then that's a you problem. That's a character flaw. And yeah. I think my last piece of advice is like, no one owes you anything. Like literally nobody owes you anything. Yeah. You owe it to yourself and to the world to be a good person. I also firmly believe, Chase, and I think you have the same ethos, is give way more than you receive. Just give. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of advice. I don't know if that applies to anything, but I hope it helps. All the women yeah, gonna, listening in, men. Oh, oh, we're going to double think that. This is it. Phoenix doesn't care who you are, what you are. She just wants to help you. Okay. So why I, I hope people can feel how meaningful what she just said is. Honestly, the most important thing is the first one that you said, which is, I wrote it down, which is I refuse to be anyone else but myself. People can feel when you are genuinely you, it radiates off of you. It is Mm -hmm. intoxicating. And people want to be around that, that as a center of gravity because everyone's trying to figure it out. We're all flexing in our own way. People get cars they don't need. People act, having been in, in tech for the last handful of years, People are like, oh, I'm at this company. We've raised this amount of money. It's like, dude, no, it does, who fucking cares? Are you putting value out into the world and making sure that people's lives are multiples better from interacting with you, whether that's on a personal level like this or on a, on a one-to-many level because of your company? But if that's the only value that you find in yourself and that's what you hold on to, you will always be left lacking. And your business will long-term suffer, you'll yeah. suffer, and no one really will benefit in the long-term. Yeah, in the short-term, there, there will always be benefits. But for instance, let's just talk about what hap- has happened to DTC venture com- venture-backed companies over the last 12 months. Like the bottom has fallen out. How many of those people, and yeah. I know a lot of those people, and they're lovely, but like at Warby, at Allbirds, ha- we're walking around like peacocks because, oh, we did this thing. And it's okay, are you the same person as the day you went public as you are when your stock is a dollar. If you are, mad respect. But I don't think many of them are because they took so much of their value from that thing. And so I think one of the other ones here is maybe I'm reading between the lines and or going a step further is decouple your value (laughs) from what you do because it's not who you are. Because you can- so good. 
Because you can run multiple businesses. The person you are will dictate the way you run your business, but the way you run your business shouldn't dictate the person you are. And if it does, by the way, that is a very philosophical kind of leaning there. I've been there. You have a bad day, <laughs> take it out on other people. The idea is like, how do you decompress from that as much as possible? And I had this, I don't know, of writing in my journal. I, I want to get your feedback on this, but the big one recently was my goal in all business is to feel fulfilled. Business will never make me happy, but it will make me fulfilled so that I can be happy mm. because I've done the things that, that fill me up and make me feel proud of myself, that I've done the things I need to do to take care of my family, to take care of myself, et cetera. But my family and my life is, when people say my business is my life, it's, oh, dude, that's, that doesn't sound great. Now, Phoenix, you know me. I work a fuckload, okay? This is not, hey, Chase works four yeah. hours a day and that's it. I work <laughs> a lot. But I, what I've been working towards is I want to be fulfilled by business. I don't want it to own me. And that's what happens a lot of times. And so I guess because you're doing this and building and in it and having to work so hard, those frameworks that you gave and those things that you said really struck me because it really comes down to I am myself. And that's good enough for me and give more value than you ever receive. Like I literally don't want anything from anybody ever. I'm going to go take what I need on my own. If someone wants to give, that's spectacular. But I love giving because it makes me feel good and that's okay. It's good to feel good. Yeah. And I'm curious with you because you have always been in every interaction authentically yourself. Has it ever gotten you? in trouble? Has that ever made it harder to do your job? Or does it essentially allow you like even through the trials and tribulations? Because we can all be like a sphinx, right? Change for different people. Like it doesn't really matter. I say, look, I'm Phoenix. This is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. And in the long term, with the long time horizon that you have, it always nets out in the positive on the ROI spectrum. Like how do you look at that? Because a lot of people will say, no, you need to cater yourself to this situation. It's like, well, obviously I'm going to have a conversation with this person in this way, but I'm never not going to be Phoenix. So I'm curious, I know I've rambled for like, the timer saying like four minutes now, but I'm, I'm curious how you feel about that. Wow. So much good stuff. Okay. You're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. So might as well be yourself. I'm never going to satisfy all the women in the space. I'm never going to satisfy all the men in the space. And at the end of the day, I need to look in the mirror and go, yep, that's you, you're good. They know what it's like to lose yourself. And I'm very blessed to be very confident and secure with who I am. You take me as I am or you don't. And I think it attracts similar energies, which is why I have you, I have Menard and all these friends that I genuinely would love to hang out with all the time. That happen to love this shit just as much as we, and we work really fucking hard. And I love that too. But I think it comes down to a couple of things we talked about in business. Number one is for me, you should never be consumed so much in a business. I know what it's like. So when that shooting happened, when all that happened, I was with my previous partner who happened to be also my life partner at the time. And we woke up every day because he literally was very sketchy about finances and found out later that he owed so much money, took a lot of money from me. And I know the feeling of waking up knowing you owe someone money 
knowing that you're hurting a family. I know that feeling. Even though I had no part in it, technically, but I did, it was such a, I'll never be there again. I'll never do that to anybody again. So that fuels me to always be genuine, always be honest and transparent, even if I'm not. Okay? And also never to be in that position ever again. But also I learned something very quickly is that business consumed me. And to your point is to complete this, I would say like dismember it where I would, there are two separate sides of your life. Yeah. And the way I decided to live with my life is I have a personal brand. This is who I am through and through. I have high quality contents. I have high quality value that I bring to you. Why would Ad Beacon be anything? Yeah. So then regardless of what Ad Beacon is, it's going to be great because I will never let it not be great because that is who I am as a person. So yeah. the way that I've approached the space is that I'll get to know you, Chase, and then you'll learn about Ad Beacon. Yeah. Ad Beacon doesn't trump over Phoenix. Yeah. And Ad Beacon is fantastic as it is. But I'm not, we are not one in the same. Right? Yeah. So I think it's so important to keep your lifeline open of who you are, because what if I lose Ad Beacon tomorrow, which can happen to any of us? Yeah. Yeah. I'm still me. Yeah. I think that's the through line here is, and I, again, I really want to, I, I love double clicking down on this stuff and reminding people how important it is to listen to something that people said and even play it over again. Go back. Click that button on your iPhone and go back 45 seconds and listen to the last part. You, if I don't have ad beacon tomorrow, I will still be me. I, if you can't see me right now, I'm smiling and nodding because there's nothing really to say to that except fuck yes. Because I don't know, I'm having a, like an entrepreneur, like a executive therapy session right now with Phoenix, which is kill yourself to win, but don't allow yourself to die. The business will be there in the morning. You've got to push yourself more than you've ever pushed yourself to win. Just don't let it ruin your life. We deify. So if anyone listens to the founders podcast, I'm obsessed with that. The through line is very, there's a few through lines. One is all, almost all winners have 80 in some form, but the opposite of 80 is you're obsessively focused when you need to be. And so like I'm spinning all the time, but then I get into a deep work mode. And it's like, I am do like eight things that take person four days to accomplish in the course of two hours. And so the other through line though is a lot of people are willing to burn their life to the ground to get their life's work. And we shouldn't deify that. We should deify the rigor that they put on their businesses, but not the fact that they left a wasteland of mm -hmm. family and personal wreckage in the background. I don't know, I'm just taking a lot of that to say, to a lot of this conversation to say, love your business, just make sure you love yourself more. That's really, it sounds uh, mm, kind good. of uh, granola and Ojai, like Ojai right now, very, I'm near Topanga Canyon, so it's like very Topanga Canyon, but it really is, it's, it is the thing. You need to, if you don't, I have burned out many times at this point, and, the through line is my obsession with winning overtakes my obsession with living and it always mm -hmm. ends up coming back to haunt me. And the multiple on the breakdown is much higher than what I put into it because it takes a lot longer to come back. You feel a little, you're a little scared to hit it to fifth and sixth gear again to really start humming. I don't know. I take a lot of amazing things out of that. 
we're close. We're close to the end. And what I like to do in these situations is what I call anti-rapid fire. Because as you can see, if you're either listening to this conversation or have been a part of this conversation, there are no short answer questions that I will ever pose or short <laughs> responses that come from those questions. Anti-rapid fire starts with, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Talk shit. I think the best piece of advice I've ever received is high hopes, no expectations. There's a lot of really good advice I've received recently, but high hopes, no expectations, I've held on to for over 10 years. By the way, Shane, put this wherever you want in this podcast. We'll go over first and I can just bring this. But I just had a conversation with someone recently about what you discussed is like burning bridges or burning relationships for the sake of or for the sake of passion or whatever this facade is. Because I think society specifically in our world, in this alpha male world, some women too, they're like, we need to work so hard and forget everyone, fuck everybody. And I think there's a balance. and. It's so funny, I just talked to someone about this. I believe in boundaries. And then there's this idea of going to therapy and you go, all your friends in therapy, right? I love my friends in therapy. Nothing wrong with therapy. They come back and they say, my therapist said that you are draining and this relationship is no longer serving me. So I'm going to distance myself. We've all had that conversation. I hope you haven't. But if you have, you get it. Uh, I just want to use this as an example of how I have realized what boundaries need to be set in place, but then also setting boundaries for your family and time. Because like you said, we're so obsessive. So very seldom do we take a step back and go, oh shit, we're doing the wrong thing. But when I came into this new paid media world, I fell in love and you become obsessive. You don't see anything else. And when you're in it, I was like, fuck it. I'm also going to get my EMBA. I'm going to go back to school. I had no money. I was in debt and I was like, I'm just going to do it. I want to meet the right people. Did that. I also had my then boyfriend, now fiance, move down from the Bay Area. So we're just starting a relationship. We don't live together. He's trying to invest time into me. I'm investing time into myself. And it was one of two things. Number one, you have to set time aside for the people that matter, right? If they need. Number two, I was investing in myself and the people who don't see that around me and don't gas me up. You're not right for me because if you don't see what I'm doing right now, what I'm building right now, the empire I'm trying to build, then you taking my time for something that isn't valuable is a knock on you and your character. I had to realize that. Now, on the flip side, if my friends called me and were like, emergency, I need you, I will fucking drop everything to make sure yeah, there is no if, ands, or buts because that is, that's a pillar, right? But yeah. I have lost so many friends, Chief, with understanding I will always be a good person. I will always love you. I'm building right now. You need to call yeah. me. Tell me exactly when you need me to call me and what. And it has been the best possible thing that ever happened in my life. But anyway, that's a side note. But I think that's a life advice too, right? Like life has taught you this. So you can, like a lot of times people will think about a mentor that's shared something with them. But there's also like just the battle tested battle scars that you have from having gone through things that are advice that you've coined yourself. So I think that's a great one. One thing I would double click on there, just talking about it. Why do builders surround themselves with builders? Because no one has any expectation. I have a buddy. So you and I live pretty close to each other. How did we first meet? We had no idea we lived close. We met at Geek Out. 
Thank you, Shaq. I have a friend. He was a client of Pencil and we're buddies. We text all the time. He lives in Studio City, which is 15 minutes away from here. Him and I have never met in person. And he texted me one day and he's like, I just want to thank you for being the only person who doesn't guilt me about not wanting to come and grab lunch. I'm like, dude, I don't give a flying fuck. It doesn't matter to me. Would I like to do it? Sure. But we're both doing shit like life. It's okay. And so one of the things that's really hard is it's that thing when someone sees you growing and they're not, or they're not doing that thing that they have inside of them. They said, I want to do something. It becomes an indictment on themselves. And I'd be curious on your side, how many times are over this period of building, how many times people have come back and said, Hey, I'm sorry. I was, this was this. And they give you some sort of feedback on that because it's happened to me multiple times. And I've dealt with that. My kind of thing is like, all right, I'm just going to exit that Irish exit, this relationship. And if it comes back around, that's fantastic. But it's not going to stop me from putting one foot in front of the other and delivering the value that I have committed to delivering. So I think it's an incredible lesson and piece of advice that life has given you. Oh, yeah. So I told you I was a model. And there's this clout that comes with being a model. So back in the day, in my wild days, I would be able to one day, like a guy will hit me up and be like, hey, you want to fly to Morocco? And I'd be like, okay, whatever it may be. And a lot of my friends who are influencers in the space, they would build these brand trips and say, hey, this person and this person's coming with. So then you have maximum exposure, et cetera. When I stopped modeling and I made that decision and I wanted to go into something different, a lot of my clout went down. A lot of that influence went down, value went down and people started distancing themselves from me. And when I started working at a brewery and I stopped working as almost the director of marketing at Super Footwear at 23 and I started working at a small brewery and I was kind of down and out a little bit. I had this one particular friend who started distancing herself from me. She was also an influencer, et cetera. And it got to the point where she completely just severed ties. I started picking up traction in this space, which I never thought I'd be in paid media. And she started seeing me going and speaking in Dubai and teaching and doing all this stuff, hanging out with Chase and like, they're all. and I got a message from her randomly going, Hey girly, how are you doing? I'm, I'm sorry the way that things kind of just like separated at the time. We're good though, right? And I'd love for you to come to my event. And it's a really beautiful, humbling place to be to sit and go. You don't need to be mean to this person. You don't need to teach this person a lesson. Your job. You just yeah. need to be yourself and choose the right people to align with. Yeah. It's such a beautiful place to be. So like the bitterness that I hear in a lot of founders where they're like, you didn't believe in me and now look at me. It's okay. Once that's gone, what's fueling you? No, what's fueling you is the passion behind what you have. Oh, uh, I'm crazy, I, right? I, I think we've all gone through this. At some point, we have the chip on your shoulder and I could give you a whole history of my, of all my chips. And I have this weird, I've gotten to this weird place where the only chip I have on my shoulder is that I haven't gotten to the place that I believe I should be in my life. And that's the only chip I have to work with is mm. just that mirror. And it's a really weird one. Like it's a really weird, it's a really weird place. Cause before it was like, I remember I called my mom and I was like, mom, I'm not angry anymore. I don't, I feel like I don't have the next gear anymore. She's like, no, you just, you'll figure it out. Give yourself some time. Give yourself some grace. Where this is, a, this is just a, uh, a podcast mm. to say how great our moms are. Right. And she's right. It took a little bit of time to settle cast. on that. Yeah. It's the mom cast. And, but it really is an incredible place to be. Yeah. I buy and love all of that. 
Okay, next on the list. What I've answered this entire time, but it's like, what trait do you feel is your zone of genius that allows you to operate at the level you do that is unique to you? So why I ask this question is I don't think enough people spend time figuring out what is the thing that makes them special because we can all figure out zones of excellence that you teach yourself. Genius is excellence plus that unique little spice that you bring to a situation that makes the recipe. And it took me a long time to realize it. So I want to push people to actually think about it, know it and lean the fuck in. So what is unique about Phoenix that has allowed you to succeed and come back from a lot of the trials that you've been through? Yeah, it's actually very simple. I know what I like and I don't budge on it unless I'm proven differently. For me, my, my best friend, I learned a lot from her when I was a kid is she had a, a, like a sense of style, unlike any other. And yeah. she was so good. She knew what she liked and she knew what she didn't like, no matter what yeah. anyone said. But her confidence was really low. So when someone said something just wrong, all of that was gone. And I learned from looking at that going, I'm never going to let that happen to me. And it hurt me. It still hurts me. But I look at this now and I go, no, I really like what I, I know I'm on the right path. And I don't really get distracted from it. I yeah. don't get offended very easily. I don't really care what any guy or girl says to me. Truly, thank God my fiance gets it. God bless that man. But I don't care. I, my strength and my weakness is I do what I want, what I want, and how I want. Now, yeah, it's important for you to work on who you are. It's important to work on who you are and make sure that you're a good person in the process. But I know what I want, when I want, and how I want it, and I'm going to do it. If I want to do something, I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to wait for someone to approve it. I think it's, by the way, just double clicking on that. What Phoenix said is why, how do I say it? Why this is a integral part of life is there are some things you can equivocate on and essentially have a little bit of bend. The core non-negotiables in your life must absolutely be a no bend zone because Everyone is looking for the margins that they can push. Everyone, forever. I've been married for, yeah, going on eight years. I still, I've known my wife for 12 years. I still push for the margins. Still, and I know all the non-negotiable. And still, I'm like, all right, can I make my life just a little easier? And I know what the answer is going to be. So if that's me, knowing her as my best friend and the person I've been with, she knows me better than anybody. I know her better than anybody. What is a rando going to do, right? If you don't very clearly say, nope, this is where I stop. The buck stops here. And so I think just very important what you just said. And I really appreciate that. Now, the finale, the grand Oh, no, go. The lag. As a business owner, so many people, and I learned this, are going to come in here and tell you, no, you should be doing it this and the perfect example is the pricing model i've been working on our new pricing model for two months straight now i'm at a place where i finally get that like feeling on the inside of yep this is it fuck with me i dare you yeah and again they had a call this morning where they're like you make no sense you don't want to be profitable i'm like no i'm good yeah that's the noise I'm talking about. Everyone's going to do you're doing something wrong. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. have to sit there and be able to discern what is right and what is wrong for you. I, one thing I'll just give on that specifically 
is, and this is like a tactic thing or more of a maybe bullshit meter is there's the note and then there's what's underneath the note. And you have to be able to discern that. And that just takes experience. There's no real way. And so what that means is you have to increase the surface area of your knowledge in a certain space. And that means just putting in the time, whether that's working or talking to people or like some combination of both. And so there's the theoretical, then there's the practical. You need both of those things to be able to operate at a really high level. And so anyway, my point is exactly what you said. You have to be able to stick your foot in the ground, know that this is what I want to do. And by the way, you will change the pricing at some point, but it will be based on data because you put your foot in the ground. And you said, this is what I believe based on the data that I have on hand and no one's going to change it until the customers make me change it because either we have converted a lot and we should be up more like up our pricing or we haven't converted enough and we'll go down. So I completely agree with you. You have to know where the line is. So now grand finale, if you could go back and talk to 22 year old Phoenix, what would be the single yeah. advice that you would give her? And I know you could say, oh, everything that happened led me to this place. But if you could save yourself a little heartbreak and a little strain, what would be that piece of advice? And maybe it's just not even 22-year-old Phoenix. It's some 22-year-old that you meet that reminds you of you at that age. What would you recommend to her? Yeah, I would tell her you're going to go through some shit. But if you know for a fact it's going to be okay, if you believe that it's going to be okay, it will be 10 times sweeter on the other side. So there was so much that happened. It's funny, she was 22. There was so much that happened to me personally between 22 and now, even now, that be cutting. I like to compare it to this. When you're at school the first time and you get yelled at, the teacher yells at you, you almost want to cry, right? They're like, yeah, Phoenix, yeah. stop talking. And you're like, oh. And first time you've been yelled at, you're like just about to just completely disintegrate. Yeah. By the time you're in high school, the teacher goes, Phoenix, stop talking. And I'm like, bitch, what you got to say? You know, like you talk back at that point. That's how I feel life is, right? If you have <laughs> enough, that it's happened to you before, you're going to come out of it. So I think I would tell 22-year-old me, a lot of shit's going to come your way, but holy shit, you're going to be strong. Yeah. And it's going to be amazing. Yeah, that's the, that might be my favorite answer. So one, we had one with Kenny Hansen from Mentor Pass, and he said, have a grand vision for your life and work every day to work into that and keep that vision in your mind's eye at all times and make sure that you don't deviate. I think this one is getting that vision. You will go through so much shit and it's okay. It's part of the journey. And as Nipsey says, the marathon continues. And I don't know, that's the most incredible way to, to end this. I sat here and like jaw dropped so many times listening to you and your wisdom and the thoughtfulness of your answer. So I want to say thank you for coming on Ad Creative and chatting with us and being lucky episode 40. Where should people reach out to you? Phoenix is actually quite big on TikTok. She's, she just trolls all of us on Twitter. It's almost, dude, I don't care. I'm cool on TikTok. I don't need this shit. So where, where should people reach out to you besides like reaching out to Ad Beacon directly? First of all, it's like a total honor to be here. I love just being invited to hang out with cool people. Chase, 
Chase is one of the gems that I'm so grateful to even have been in contact with. Plus, you're my Iranian brother, so yes. it helps me a lot. But anyway, yeah. So I would say the easiest way to get to get in contact with me so cringe, but you can literally send me a message on Twitter, Instagram, not TikTok, LinkedIn. <laughs> Every platform has a purpose, so make yeah. sure that the purpose that you have aligns with the platform. If you're yeah. trying to be creepy, go to my DMs on Instagram because it'll go into my hidden and I'll never see it. <laughs> um, if you want, you want to talk about business, come to me on LinkedIn. Twitter is cool if you're just shooting shit and you want to troll with me. I troll all day. Chase, I'm so yeah. glad you get it. I think people are still trying to figure out if I'm joking or if I'm being real. No, no, I know. So you <laughs> should. <laughs> Poor Rava in that last post. But yeah, yeah. those are the best ways to get in contact with me. Awesome. This has been an absolute honor. Props to Mama Phoenix. Absolute fucking legend. And legend. yeah, I'm excited to do this again. And I'm excited for people to get a chance to spend time with you, crack your head open and learn from you. This is going to be, this is killer already. I know this is going to be a heater. So thank you very much. And yeah, have a good one. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.